Welcome to Do A Blessing CNS Church London's podcast, sharing the good news weekly. We hope you are blessed by today's message. What God was so particular about was February 14th. And I am not someone that I try to prepare my sermon ahead of time. But this is one of those sermons I've seen, you know, he had the clear view of what, I had a sketch of what God was saying. And as we look at this together, I want, you know, as I look at this together, I believe, you know, we would begin to see what God is really saying. So we, a church with this love declared on Calvary. Love declared on Calvary. I would pick it from a scripture we may not have seen it in that way, and we would show I would show you how I how I believe God is pointing our direction towards it. We read the earlier scriptures, Ephesians chapter 5, 21 and 22. Sorry, that was me leaving out a bit of that scripture, but it's still the same scripture. It's just that we're supposed to go a bit longer. And I would read from verse 22. It says, Wives, submit yourselves to your, hus- to your own husband as to the Lord. Husband, please, when you read from verse 21, and I tell people to read that before you read verse 22. Because verse 21 says, Submit one another in the fear of the Lord. So if you do verse 21, verse 22 will be easy. That I'm not talking about marriage, but that's just general. If, if, if I, as a husband, is submitted to God, then it's easy in that part. But that's just by the way. As we go on, verse 23 is saying that he said, For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, and his body, which he is the Savior. Now the church. Is submits to Christ, also wives submit to your husbands in everything. Verse 14, sorry, verse sorry, um, 25. He said, Husband, love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Again, you read, uh, when you're talking about a wife, he spoke about Savior. Here he's talking about giving up himself, Calvary, the picture of Calvary being painted there. Then he now said, verse 26 said, to make her holy, cleansing her and washing her with the water through the word, to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain, wrinkle, or blemish, and a holy, um, but holy and blameless. In the same way, verse 28, in the same way, husbands ought to love their wife as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one hates his own body, but feeds and cares for their own body, just as Christ cares for his for his um, for his for the church. Now, verse thirty. I'm going to some this. We can, if you ask anybody, we can understand what he's saying. 
is not talking something out of the box. But when you begin to read on, verse 30, he says, For all, we are all members of his body. He now said, For this reason, a man will leave his mother's, his mother's, a man will leave his, mother, his father and mother and be united to his wife, and two, two shall become one. Now, please notice what he said. This is a profound mystery. What is a mystery in what he has said? What he's saying is that if you read it and you just take it that way, you have, you have lost what I'm talking about. If you just pick these scriptures and you talk about this, that is why, that's why when God was um, showing me through this period, he was saying, I'm not, and you will begin to, and Paul has said, this is a profound mystery. Now, what is a mystery? A mystery is something that you cannot interpret based on what you can see. A mystery is something that the Yoruba will call it aroko. So, sorry, I don't know how to describe this in English, but it is like they use something to describe a message. So, if somebody sends a king a white cloth, and you see that, you say, ah, this white cloth is good. They should use it for dansiki and things like that. But actually, what that white cloth means is that, okay, the war has stopped. Or they send the king, both in the Yoruba land, they send the king both a white cloth and a red cloth. And they say, they will say that you should choose one. So the king that wants a war will pick the red one. So the other one knows that that's what they fit. So when Paul was talking, when Paul said, what I'm talking about here is a profound mystery. He did not say it is a mystery on his own. He said it's a mystery on another level. He said, but I am talking. I am talking. So they say that all that you have seen, I'm not saying you cannot learn from it. But all these things that I'm talking to you about, it is about the relationship of Christ and his church. I am not necessarily doing a marriage seminar. I am saying that this thing I am about to talk to you, I, I just told you, is a mystery. And until you understand how the relationship of Christ to the church and please note that one thing about mysteries, and we will say it, even Jesus will say it. Mystery will go in the days of Jesus. Mystery went from the days of, um, what's it called? Genesis. When God said, I will bite, this serpent will hit the neck and the leg and things like that. It, it wasn't revealed until many years later. So what I'm trying to say that a mystery is not just what you just sit down and say, mm, yeah, I get this, I get this, I get this. No. And you will begin to see And this is what we are looking at, and I will come back to this picture because as the worship was going on, you know, I put the picture there because I want to talk about something. But as the worship was going on, it kind of it something you know more just came to my mind. But again, if the Bible says that what he's talking about is God and the church. 
So this is Jesus, and that is the church. Let me just say something to us here before we move on. It's interesting that the husband will all put on black and the wife will put on white. And I believe it is a symbol of the church and Christ. Christ took on your unrighteousness so that you can take on his purity. So as you begin, as you begin to look even further as the mystery of what Christ is revealing when Paul was talking. Acts chapter 20, verse, verse 28. I just want to just quickly, I might not be too long on this sermon, but just bear with me the way it goes. You know, Acts chapter 20, verse 28, he says, Keep watch over yourselves and the flock which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be a shepherd, be, be shepherds of God's church, which is which he bought with his own blood. So what, we, what I'm just trying to point out here, just for the sake of emphasis, is that the church is the people we are talking about ourselves. We are talking about an individual, your relationship with Christ. Your relationship with Christ. So then I, I if you go back, let's go on to that act, uh, sorry. Ephesians chapter 5 that we read. Uh, no, 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 the next scripture, please. Ephesians chapter 5 that we read. I'm just, I'm not going to be in, in the few time that I have, I'll be zooming in on each each part. We might not go into depth of it, but I'm just going to just enlighten a couple of things. I will just go back to that part of scripture that, that Paul said that, you know, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife. Please note here that the woman did not leave. It was the man that left. Why? Because Christ left heaven to reach you here. Christ left his throne to reach for you. You did not go and meet him. He came to look for you. That's why Paul will keep saying, what I'm talking about is a mystery beyond what you think I am talking about. Now, this thing is not, is, is quite, it is very unique to Paul. Not you, well, it's peculiar to Paul. I don't know if that's different English, but it is just, you know, it is, it is something that, you know, they knew about Paul. Now, let us see what Peter was saying. Peter, Second uh, Peter, please. Chapter 3, verse 15 to 16. Now, say what Peter said. Bear this in mind, that our patience, that the Lord's patience means salvation, just as our dear brother, Paul, also wrote to you in, with the wisdom that God gave. He writes the same in many of his letters. Speaking things of this matter, his letter contains things that is hard for us to understand. So Peter understood that when you are reading the writings of Paul, you cannot just read it and say, oh, yeah, 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 I know this, what, what, what this means. So Peter was saying that, this is my hope, this, no, Peter was saying that, he said, 
He said, which ignorant and unstable people? What is unstable people? It's are people who just, you know, read and go, read and go, read and go. He said, he said they distort to, as they do to other scriptures, but to their own destruction. And the question I'm asking myself is this. If Peter said, in all of his letters, so Peter is saying that all of Paul's letter is actually difficult to comprehend. Now, when Paul is now talking, and Paul said, this one is not just a mystery, it is a great mystery. Then you know that there is Wahala. Do you get what I'm trying to say? You know that there is Wahala. I just put that there to our light to us. Even the challenge that people like Peter had just reading the writings of Paul. But as God begins to give us the grace, so what I'm trying to say is that as I'm talking, please, I'm not talking about husband and wife. You can learn from it, but we are talking about the relationship of Christ to his church. I'm kind of missing until when I just come with a new one, Paul is saying great mystery. What's a great mystery? That means he's saying to you, don't just keep true. There's a lot to this. God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. So the Bible says, in let if you go on to I that's Ephesians chapter 5. 25 and 27. He said, Husband, love yourself, love your wife as Christ loved the church. And he gave up himself. And that is why we said that it was Christ that left heaven. He gave up himself. And the Bible says that, you know, I'm just going to just pick two scripture parts of it out of, out of this. But he gave up himself. So that means that Christ gave up everything in order to meet his bride. And as we begin to see, you begin to see that, you know, this thing has been, um, this thing, oh God, I don't know this thing has been, has been an issue. The Bible talks about, the Bible talks about the parts of um, okay, let's um, so let's just go back to First Peter chapter one. Yeah. Now, as you begin to see how what salvation means, the Bible began to describe to us. Peter began to describe. Peter said, concerning this salvation, the prophet spoke of grace. Which, uh, uh, well, I'm sorry, of, of the grace that was to come to you. The Bible says they search intently with great, with the greatest care, trying to find out the time and the circumstances of which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing and predicting to them the suffering of the Messiah. That was the death of Christ. And please look at what he said. And the glories that would follow. So, when we read Isaiah, 
when we read Daniel, when we read all these big people, as far as the scripture is concerned, they are looking at us and they are saying, what are these people going to do to deserve this? And they, to my greatest shock, let's go on, please. Verse 12 says, and it was revealed to them that they were not serving that they were not serving themselves, but you. So that means that Isaiah, Moses, they were not all that they did, they were doing it for us. And the Bible says that, it says, when they spoke of things, when they spoke of the things that we have now been, have now, sorry, that have now been told to you, by those who preach the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. This is another part that was quite interesting. The Bible says, even angels. So this mystery that Paul is trying to explain to us, the Bible says, even angels are shocked at what is going on. Angels are looking at us and they cannot understand the rationale behind what is going on. And that is why when you read on, Paul has said, let's come on, uh, Peter said, he said, therefore, be at last and be fully sober. So don't let this get into your head. Be at last and be sober for the hope of this grace that has brought to us to Christ Jesus and be obedient and things like that. God bless us in Jesus' name. So I said that to be able to, to get to this point, that even the mystery, that's why Paul was talking about that this is a mystery. Why? Because even angels are, and they cannot understand what is going on. And one of the greatest things that God will leave heaven to come and look for a human being was such a thing that angels that worship him on a daily basis cannot understand why he would leave everything he has to pursue a human being. That's why the Bible says, for this reason will a man leave the entire estate and go and cling himself unto him. God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. And please, as we begin to read on that Ephesians chapter 5, I'm going to go to verse 26. The Bible says to make her holy. That says one thing. When God met me, when Christ met you, you were not holy. I thought that that would be enough. But he now said, Clean, cleaning her, uh, cleansing her by the washing of water through the water. What does that mean to you? 
to me. That is saying, cleaning means it's a continuous process. That means I am not a bride that will be once clean and ever clean. That means I am a bride that needs regular washing. Does that make sense to us? And you know, as God was talking to me many weeks, a couple of weeks ago about this, I said, the body, my church, my people, we need regular washing. And every one of us is part of the church. So Paul was saying now, how you now wash them? The instrument of washing is the word. The instrument of washing by scriptures is the word. How God washes his children is by the word. There is no other way. Yes, the Bible talks about the blood of Jesus washes our iniquities away. But after your iniquities are washed, there will be occasions where you will need washing. And so, when I am a child of God who cannot subject myself to the water and say, God, I need washing. And every human being has the ability to stink. But what washes away the debt? is regular washing. Leave a human being not to, you know, if somebody went to prison in Nigeria, you know, those kind of places, give them a week by the time they come back. What has happened? The washing has stopped. So when you come before God, when I come before God, it is important that we are aware that as the word comes, it is washing us. There was a day when someone was having, I don't can't remember what the story was. And they said to somebody, they said, let okay, what's up? I said, okay. I said, let that person sit in the church for a moment. said because the word will be washing. See, at times it is good to scrub your body. But at times you just need to sit down and allow the water to just wash you. Does that make sense? At least that will help. And that is what the what, that is why the Bible says. I said his job is to wash her with his blood. The Bible now says to present her to himself. That that says one thing to me as as a child of God, as 
the Bible did not say first present her to the world. He said he will present her to himself. So what Christ is doing in my life is so that he can present me to himself. That means he's the one that will determine how washed I am. If I'm not washed enough, what do you do? He pushes me back into the bathroom and wash. Until that body, the Bible says, becomes, the Bible is presenting to himself a radiant church. When, sorry, it went as a radiant church without stain, wrinkle, and without any other blemish, but only and blameless. Please note, that means that that's why the Bible says, and to present. So that means that there is a process of presenting. He has married the person, but there is now a process to present. And that process, as far as Paul is explaining to us, is that I, it, there has to be regular worship. There has to be regular worship. And that is why at times that, you know, I used to say, and I believe, that the word of God is essential. Why? Because there's a lot going on that God is doing in that period. Washing people. Washing everyone. Washing everyone. John 17, 17. You see Jesus saying it. He says, sanctify them by your truth. What is sanctification? Sanctification is, is cleansing. He now said, your word is the truth. Your word is the truth. Just let me just look into that scripture again. That Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21 to, to, I'm not in now, 21 to 23. He now said, submit your, your, yourself. Now, this is why I started with verse 21. Submit one another uh, out of the reference for Christ. Verse 22 now says, Wife, submit yourselves unto your husband as to the Lord. For the, for the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of his church. I used to say this, and I'm going to say this as I pull out something. Like that. There is no part of that scripture that says, Husband, make your wife submit. But if, how how has Christ, how is Christ helping you and me to submit to him? Ezekiel says, Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 20, 20 the process of submission. Ezekiel 36, verse 27. He said, I will put my spirit inside them. So it may be your body may be difficult as a Christian, as you are going to submit to that. 
But God is saying, no, I know that it is not easy for you to submit. So I will put my spirit inside you. And the Bible says, and move you to follow my decrees and to carefully keep my commandments. So when Christ met his disciples and he said, receive the Holy Spirit, he was bringing them to the process whereby they can submit. It is a process of helping your partner. And that's what Jesus, that's what Jesus did for us. Again, I'm trying not to move into, into my butt. I'm just using that as an example as we begin to see what Paul was saying to us that even if you are not married, when you read this scripture, you would see what God is saying. Philippians chapter 2. Verse. 12 to 13. But I'm just going to read verse 13 just because of my time. Um, it, say, it says, For it is God in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his purpose. That means that as a Christian, one of the things that God has done for me is that as I journey in my journey to perfection, he has given me the Holy Spirit to help me in my journey. That's why I have the Holy Spirit. In order to enable me to submit to his purpose. It is impossible for any human being to perfectly submit to the will of God except by his spirit. That is why when Zerubbabel was going to build the temple, he said, the bishop was fucking, oh, Zerubbabel will build this, Zerubbabel will build that, and things like that. Then God must said, tell Zerubbabel, in case he's thinking, that because I said do this, you think you have the ability to do it. You need my spirit to be able to do it. A difference Look at Peter. When Peter saw a young girl, he screamed around. But after he received the Holy Spirit, even in prison, Peter stood his ground. Why? Because there's a spirit in him helping him to compel him to be able to do the purpose of God. God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. You know, you would think that being married to Christ, the thing he should do is just to click his finger and make you disappear with him into heaven. So, release you from any kind of errors, any kind of pain, any kind of lack of money, any kind of all those kind of things. But see what Jesus said. In John chapter 17, verse 11. He said, I will, I said, I will remain in the world no longer. But they are still in the world. 
He said, I am, and Jesus now said, This is Jesus talking to God. I am coming to you. They are going to be in the world. They are not going anywhere. I am not going to just, the day they give their life to Christ, I'm not going to say, Okay, let's go. He said, They are going to be in the world. He said, and this is Jesus praying. He said, Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name. The name you gave to me so that they can be one as we are one. What Jesus said is that no matter what it is, what I want you to keep them with is your name. What is a name? When a woman marries a man, it takes up that man's name. They use a name as, I was listening to something recently this week, that there are some names that are passports. So, if you see, I believe if you see about some just children, daughters, they use that name as a compound name. So, assuming their husband is Taiwo, or the, I'm just, I might be wrong, but if their husband is Taiwo, they would say, Kenny Obasanjo Taiwo. Why? Because that Obasanjo is a passport. If you say Abubakar's children, Asalam Abubakar, um, Jaima, Abu Salam. No, so I don't I think his name, I don't know if it's his name, but um, the, I know it's Abu Salam Abu Bakar, I don't know, but either way, the name in there is the passport. So they keep their middle name. I know that people who keep it for fancy purposes, but there are people who keep it because once they mention that name, doors open. And it's interesting that, and as I, be, as I just, you know, what he said, what I give in them is the power of your name. Keep them. So that means that, you know, My name, by God's is by language. Either I have a car, and I don't have a car, my name is by language. Either I'm in Nigeria, or I'm here, my name is by language. So the value that God translated was a value that is stable irrespective of either I have 10 billion pounds in my account or I have one naira in my account. Does that make sense? As we look at these pictures, now, all these are 10 pounds. If they give you these 10 pounds of 20 million of it, this bad one. You will take it. I believe so. Because it doesn't matter what position that pounds is. Why? Because there is a signature on that pounds. 
this ruffled pounds, this dirty pounds, is the same as this one. The brand. If you say that, please, oh, I'm doing party, I don't want bad money. And somebody brings in a trolley truck of 10 pounds that is bad and old. Would you say, you know, I've already said that I need, and you say, please just give me one of these and take the truck away. Why? Because irrespective of where they are, the name is the same. Does that make sense? What that also means is that irrespective of no matter how I have a relation now. But you know, either my dad now or myself, it doesn't matter. We bear the same name. And the thing that can link everybody together is identity. The deity of Akure sitting on the crown. Sorry, sitting on the on the throne. If we all gather today and they say identity, stand up. Everybody will stand up. Because it is the name that carries the weight irrespective of where my situation is. Does that make sense to us? God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. That is why when we read the um, ironic priesthood, I don't know, ironic uh, priesthood prayer, it's interesting that after God called Moses to bless his people, he said to them, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you should bless me, bless them. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord call, make his face to shine on you. The Lord be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you. And the Lord give you peace. So, he said, all of that, he said, so will I put my name on them. So what he's saying is that all that big blessings that you are referring to or that you expect or that you are looking at, he's saying, it, it is because he said, I will put my name on them. What he's saying is that they may not be carrying my name before, but I will put my name on them. And once I put my name on them, my blessings come upon them. My blessings come upon them. And that is one thing I just want to just let's just go to that picture of, of, of the couple. So when this woman walks down the aisle, makes a decision, she goes with her father's name. Please, I'm not saying your father's name is bad, you know. She goes with her father's name. 
and that name could signify anything. That name could signify generational horses. That name could signify generational students. That name could signify anything. But he says that as they walk down that aisle and as they exchange vows, my name comes upon her. Not only that my name comes upon her, because I am in the process of cleaning her on a regular basis. I went to the cross to take their shame and their, what's it called, sin on righteousness. So that they can wear my gown. And that was one thing that God was saying to me a couple of weeks ago. That letting my church know it is a journey of love where I am committed to bringing you to the beauty parts of it. The Bible says to present her. It didn't say he met her perfect. It said to present her to himself. That means to me, no wonder Jesus said that my father desires, this, in, 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 therein is my father glorified when you pray much fruit. So that means that as this woman is becoming bearing fruit, not only physical fruit, but car, things are changing. She's looking much and much, you know. A man will say, ah, that's my wife. Why? It is a nature of Christ as he sees his children becoming better by the day. That joy that comes to the heart of a man is the same joy that comes to the heart of God. And when there is, when he spots something, he says, come here, let's go to the bathroom. Let's wash this already. And that is why, you know, a couple of years ago, I was teaching around the scripture when the Bible says, cleaning her, cleansing her, a continuous statement. It is never past. So as you continue in your journey of Christ, that's what somebody said. When you get to a wedding ceremony, if by God's grace it is done properly, with what well, I mean properly, I'm not saying that, you know, with the center of the gospel church, people will stand up in that place and give their life to Christ. But if not, everybody's going to be waiting for number seven outside. And as you look at, you know, as we celebrate Valentine's today, this story is not for married couple or you have a date or you don't. This story is about you and Christ. And as we 
going to our prayers. Just want to see yourself walking down the aisle with Christ. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon. Have a blessed week.